Thank you for listening today on Podcast with Pastor Larry. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Feel free to check us out at podcastwithpastorlarry.com. In just a moment, Pastor Larry will be teaching us a constant truth from God's Word to help us in this always changing world. You can always find more teaching with Pastor Larry at Freedom Ministries through our Facebook page at Freedom in Virginia or on our YouTube channel at Freedom Church for, that's the number four, others. That would be Freedom Church for others. Now, let's get to learning the Bible to live the Bible with Pastor Larry. Hey, good afternoon, folks. This is Pastor Larry with Freedom Ministries. It is Tuesday, November the 29th. I hope that you're doing well, staying safe, and that you're healthy. And I trust and pray that you had an awesome Thanksgiving and giving thanks to the Lord for all things Paul said, in everything and in all things, giving thanks to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thanks for being a part of this study today. If you are plugging into Facebook, this is going to be part one of this new study that we're going to go through together. If you're listening in on the podcast ministry at podcastwithpastorlarry.com, this is going to be Episode one, this is going to be several weeks, uh, maybe a couple months long, but we're going to study something very new. Jesus made some bold claims in the New Testament and specifically in the book of John. Jesus made six bold statements that begin with I am. Jesus made claims of I am. And I want to speak and talk with you and teach us together and us to learn together about the great I am claims that Jesus made. And the first one that we're going to talk about is the first I am claim that Jesus made. And it is where he said in John chapter six, that's where we're going to be today. I am the bread of life. I am the living bread. We're going to study this out. Jesus made a lot of claims. Jesus said, I am the door. Jesus said, I am the light. Jesus said, I am the life and the resurrection. Jesus said, I am living water. And so we're going to look at these statements together over the next few weeks and months together. And I'm so glad that you've joined me today. I believe that you're really going to get a lot out of these studies and learn about Jesus. Learn about him. Learn about what he taught during his earthly ministries uh, while he was on this earth. And what did those claims mean? And how do we apply it to our life today? So if you're joining me today and um, you're on Facebook, don't forget to hit that like, share, and comment. Don't forget to do that. Would love for you to be a part of that. And uh, I am so glad that you're a part of our study today. So let's take a few moments. Let's dig into God's Word together. And let's study some of these great, bold claims that Jesus made. See, Jesus made what maybe have been some outrageous claims. And they are if he was not God in the flesh. No one would make these claims. No one has ever made these claims. No good prophet, uh, no uh, appointed 
uh, themselves appointed apostles would do this. Uh, No bishop, no good, moral, upstanding person would even attempt to have made these claims. No writer has ever done this. There's only been one. And his name is Jesus. Why did he make these claims and what did they have to do with anything? Well, as I said at the very beginning, six different statements are recorded in the Gospel of John. And in the Gospel of John, um, it contains the words and the phrases that begin with, I am. And these these words remind us of how God identifies himself Yeah, to Moses, when he spoke from the burning bush, Jesus said, God said to Moses, if you can remember that story, when he, Moses encountered this burning bush and God said, I am that I am. Because Moses was like, well, who is this that's speaking? And why are you telling me to go back? back to Egypt and lead the, I've been shepherding, he says, I've been shepherding sheep for so long and you want me to go and deliver the Israelites from bondage of Egypt? He said, who shall I say sent me? So who am I going to tell him? Who am I going to tell Pharaoh that sent me? And he said, I am. That's a big statement, and it means and carries a lot of authority and all power. And in that exchange, Moses asked him what his name was, and that's where God said, I am that I am. That name for God means that he is, he has always been, and he always will be. Think about that. Think about the significance and the weight of that statement. So simple, but so complex. I am. What does this mean? Christ, God, is sufficient and does not need anyone or anything. Yet, his greatest creation, his greatest masterpiece, which is you and I, he desires such an intimate personal relationship with. So, in our text, in John, the Gospel of John, which we're going to look at and spend a lot of time in together over these next few weeks and months together, we're going to see these claims that are very unique. He says in John chapter 6, I am the bread of life. I am the living bread. This follows closely, though. When we go to John chapter 6, and if you have your Bible and you're able to open it, but why don't you look at John chapter 6? Because this portion of John chapter 6, we're going to begin in verse 22, and I'm going to read the context with you and for you. It comes right after the feeding of the 5,000, and it is at the peak of his, I guess, fame and popularity in his earthly ministry. This was a big culmination of events that are now taking place. And those who saw, those who experienced or heard of this miracle, pressed Jesus to do more miracles. I think we all would. They were looking for some authenticity, if you will, and a dose of reality in their life. So if you're needing some reality, 
in your life, and we all do, perception's not always reality. And people live in false realities. But this is the truth here. And Jesus, God through Jesus, is about to make some pretty bold claims. You could say about them that they wanted to make, they wanted something to make sense out of life. And have you ever felt that way that life just doesn't make sense? Well, apart from God and the creator of everything, you're right. There is nothing left but questions. And to roll around in our minds that there is just nothing that makes sense. But they are like all of us that have discovered that bread alone in the physical life does not satisfy or meet the need of hunger in our life physically. But then Jesus makes this statement. He just fed 5,000. There was so much left over that they were taking doggy bags to go bags home. They were taking leftovers from five loaves and two fishes. And Jesus did this incredible miracle. And there were over 5,000 people there, including all the families. This was over 5,000. And it wasn't the only time that Jesus fed a multitude. But when we come to the things of spiritual, Jesus makes this statement, and people are looking, as they were in Jesus' day, they're looking to satisfy legitimate hungers. There is a hunger for truth. People are needing answers. And they they may be asking the wrong questions to the wrong people, but in reality, they're needing truth. That's what people are searching for. They hunger for knowledge. They, there's a hunger to belong. There's a hunger to express. There's a hunger for justice. There's a hunger of even the imagination. And there's a hunger of worth. I want my life to have significance. I want my life to have meaning. So really, Everyone has a hunger. These are all legitimate hungers, by the way. Some of our individual pursuits may meet some of those hungers physically. But think about this. Education, well, that hunger, well, it will bring some knowledge. So if you have a hunger for knowledge, well, then you need to educate yourself. Romance may bring a sense of belonging Accomplishments may bring significance. Wealth brings some things within reach to you. The message of Jesus, though, that there is one thing and one thing alone that will meet all the hungers and will completely satisfy. Now, think about this. If there is one thing that you could have in your life, And it was just one thing. And you knew that this one thing would completely satisfy you. We would all come up with a lot of different answers. But Jesus makes an incredible statement here. And he is letting them know, and this is the teaching, that I am the bread of life. Well, 
Jesus, we just had a meal. Are, are you dessert? Are we going to eat you? That's not what Jesus was saying. This is not a physical thing. This is a spiritual issue, and I will be enough to satisfy you. I will be enough to complete you. And none of us, you know, none can help us really know whether the way we fulfill them, like we, we try to fulfill others' lives, we try to fulfill our own life, and we try to fulfill the lives of others. But we truly don't know if it's really legit or if it's illegitimate until we realize that what is absent from all our being because we have been created by God and that emptiness and that void, if you will, is only going to be filled by the bread of life that Jesus offers. See, that nourishment defines the legitimacy of everything else. In a book entitled In Thin Air by John Krakauer, Into Thin Air, let me read you a statement out of this person's book. He relates to the hazards of the climbers in their expedition to Mount Everest during the spring of 1996. That year, they attempted to reach the summit, resulting in a great loss of life. Some circumstances were out of their control, but fundamental mistakes cost them dearly. And some of those were unfortunately made while still within reach of having a solution or a remedy. One of those whose life was lost was a person by the name of Andy Harris, one of the expedition leaders. Harris stayed at the peak past the deadline that the leaders had set. He stayed too long. On his descent, he became in dire need of oxygen. He radioed his predicament to the base camp, telling them of his need and that he had come upon a cachet of oxygen canisters left by other climbers, but they were all empty. Those who had already passed by the canister on their return from the summit knew that they were not empty, but full. Even as they pleaded with them on the radio to make use of them, it was to no avail. Already starved for oxygen, Harrison continued to argue that the canisters were empty. He started to lose sense of reality and what his true need was. And so he had convinced himself, which was right before him to help him, was not available or enough. See, the problem was that the lack of what he needed was so disoriented that it so disoriented his mind, the lack of oxygen that the thought he was surrounded by was a restoring supply, yet he continued to complain about its absence. The very thing that he held in his hand was absent in his brain and ravaged his capacity to recognize what he was clutching in his grasp. 
See, why tell that story? What I'm saying to you, what oxygen is to the body, the bread of life Jesus is to the soul. What you have is given to you and has already come. His name is Jesus. This is what Christmas is about. In a couple of days, it'll be December the 1st. And people will have already moved from Thanksgiving, and most could even or ignored Thanksgiving just to start sales and all of this, and we're already into Christmas, and yet really do not have the impact or significance of what Christmas is about and why it exists to begin with. And yet the answer is right in front of them. The gift is already there. It's available for your use and for your taking. So without the bread of life, Jesus, who makes this claim, all other hungers will be improperly perceived. So without Jesus, we will consume ourselves with knowledge alone. We will consume ourselves with money alone. We will consume ourselves with things and stuff and, and all the other things that the world has to offer that aren't necessarily bad But that's not our first and most important need. And so that's why we have got to feed ourselves. And listen to this claim where Jesus makes, I am the bread of life. And what I'm saying to you and what I'm compelling to you that are watching and listening is this. And I'm going to go through some statements here that line up with this whole context. And that is, number one, think about this. Think about it. The bread of life, Jesus, is essential for salvation in this life. Jesus, who is the bread of life, is essential for salvation in this life. I'm talking about rescue, deliverance. That's what salvation means. Now, if we can go to John chapter 6, let's get the context here. And I'm going to read several verses. So hang in there. This is right after the feeding of the 5,000. The following day, this is John chapter 6, verse 22. The following day, the people stood on the other side of the sea, saw that there was no no other boat there except the one which his disciples entered, and that Jesus had not entered the boat with the disciples, but that his disciples had gone away alone. However, other boats came from Tiberias near the place where they had ate bread When the Lord had given thanks, when the people saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they also got into the boats and came to Capernaum looking for Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, when did you come here? Verse 26 of John 6, Jesus answered them, said, truly, truly. Or verily, verily, same word. It just means truly, truly. I say to you, you seek me not because you saw signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Do not work for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For God the Father hath set his seal on him. Then they asked him, What shall we do that we may work the works of God? 
Jesus answered them, of verse 29, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom has sent you. So what shall we do? What kind of work can we do? Believe. That's a work, Jesus just said. Believe in him who he has sent. So believe in me whom God has sent to you. Verse 30 of John chapter 6. Therefore they said to him, what sign, do, what sign do you show then that we may see and believe you? I mean, it's, it's like question after the question, isn't it? They've just seen tons of miracles and signs, and yet they ask for another one. What work will you perform? Verse 31. Our fathers also ate man in the desert, as it is written. They're referring to an Old Testament scripture here. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. This is true. God fed uh, the Israelites, right? Manna from above. They could just pick it up from the ground and eat it. Amazing. Jesus responds in John chapter 6, verse 32. Then Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven. But my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. He is referring to himself. This is not a physical bread. They keep thinking physical. Jesus is in the spiritual. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven gives life to the world. They're looking at the bread of life. And yet they don't see it. Verse 34. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, verse 35 of John 6, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall never hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I told you, have seen me, but I told you that you have seen me, and yet you do not believe. All whom the Father gives me will come to me, and he who comes to me I will never cast out. For I came down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Did you catch all of that? The point that Jesus is declaring is that he himself, he is the bread of life. He is the bread of life. And the fact is, is that he is making a case that he is the only way of salvation. He he just said, eternal life, I will give you, I am that bread, and I will give this bread to you, myself to you, that leads to eternal life. No other religion, no other religious leader has ever, or will ever, or could ever, make this claim that Jesus Christ has made in this passage. He is not coming to offer bread, He is the bread. He is not coming to merely offer salvation. He is salvation. When we speak of the bread of life, Jesus, for salvation in this life, he is the essential. He is the only one who is essential for salvation in this life. What are we saying? Here's what we're saying. Jesus offers an exclusive salvation. He offers an exclusive salvation 
Listen to verse 35 and 36 again of John 6. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall never hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I told you that you have seen me, and yet you do not believe. There is no other way, Jesus is saying, to satisfaction, sufficiency, or salvation but through the person of Jesus Christ. In all major religions, there becomes a distinction between the person and the teaching. Whether it be Muhammad or the Quran, Buddha, and the noble path, they teach a way, but they are not the way. Did you catch that? The teachers of all false religions teach a way, but they are not the way. Jesus has disrupted the whole thing. Jesus not only tells you the way, he lets you know that he is the way. This separates Christianity, the one true Christian Christ, apart from every religious system. One writer said this, It is not Buddha who delivers you. It is his noble truth that instructs you. It is not Muhammad that transforms you. It is the beauty of the Quran that woos you. Jesus did not teach or expound his message. He was identical to his message. See, Jesus did not come to merely show a way. He is the way. He did not come to point to the door. Jesus said, I am the door. Christ did not simply come to give light. Jesus said, I am the light. Jesus did not come to tell the truth. Jesus said, I am the truth. Jesus is not just a good shepherd but he's also the resurrection of life, and he is the great shepherd. He is the I am. If you want to find life, you must find it in the bread of life, or you won't have it. And Jesus is that bread of life. Years ago, I saw a television special that they were putting on a certain network. They were detailing the role of the United Nations and trying to bring about a new world, one world religion. They're still trying to do that. But I remember seeing this as a young adult. They interviewed a lady who was obviously supposed to represent Christianity. She claimed that while she believed Jesus was the way to heaven, she thought it was fine for other people to embrace other beliefs as long as they were sincere or did not exclude her faith. But my friend, you are sincerely wrong. There is only one way, and Jesus said that in John 14, 6. Jesus is not many ways. Jesus is the only way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but 
by me. Only those who have been saved by this bread of life, Jesus, by the blood of Christ that was shed on the cross of Calvary, will find true, everlasting life. These are some pretty big, bold claims, and we're going to study those together. We've only scratched the surface of this one bold claim that Jesus made, and that is, I am the bread of life. We're going to continue to study this together on Thursday of this week. I hope you'll join me. So let's discover and learn together these great claims, I am claims, that Jesus made and what they mean to us today. So until next time, God bless you. Take care. You are loved and you are prayed for. Thanks for joining us today for Podcast with Pastor Larry. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Connect with Pastor Larry at podcastwithpastorlarry.com to hear weekly biblical teaching. You can always find more teaching of Pastor Larry at Freedom Ministries through our Facebook page at Freedom in Virginia or on our YouTube channel at Freedom Church for, that's the number for others. That would be Freedom Church for others. This is a listener-supported podcast. Feel free to partner with us to further our reach of the gospel to the world. If you feel led to give, please log on to PastorLarry.org. Again, thanks for connecting to Podcast with Pastor Larry.